get to the phones. Let's get back to the phones. Live here at Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Over 150 vehicles in stock to choose from, use, and new. Parkside Drive, Betty Chevrolet. Well, they will buy your vehicle, will trade for anything. Motorcycle, boat, car, truck. BaileyChevrolet.com. All right, let's get to the phones. The Irish Networks hotline, 90 days, no payment for business internet. IrishNetworksUSA.com. And uh, looks like we have Dustin. Dustin, good morning. Good morning, Sorry, I appreciate you letting me call, man. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Hey, man, I got a vent for just a minute. Like Go for it. This morning, but, man, I just got, look, how much does that conference make every year, dollar-wise? Billions. Billions. And we can't figure out a way to put a camera on the chain for the first down marker. I mean, you got a pylon cam. Can you not put a camera on them chains? I mean, it's, you know, the other night I was at the house watching a ball game. I can't afford to go to every ball game. I try to get up there, you know, once or twice a year. But I was watching them boys lay their hearts out on that field. And and I understand why, you know, the fans were throwing the things. I mean, I, I don't agree with it. But I'm like the last caller, buddy. We got robbed. And I understand we had plenty of opportunities to win a ball game. But when you make so much in a dollar amount in a conference that, I mean, we live in the South, football is king down here. And when you make so much money, you've you you you've got to make the game almost as flawless of man's mistake, referees, coaches, whatever. These coaches get paid millions of dollars. You need to take steps and precautions to make sure that these refs aren't the final say. I mean, I know they have a job to do, but we've seen it too many times where it's a piss poor job what they do. Pretty much, and, yep. And and I and I hope I hope that the conference will take that and that aside. I just I love Tennessee. I, you know, I'm I'm 30 years old. I remember watching you play. Uh, I, I've lived in this state my whole life, and and I'm orange through and through. But I just. After the other night, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, you know, when is, when are when is the conference going to make a change to to make sure that the game is is you know a true game? I mean, because we got robbed. And then the then my last statement, and I'll get off here, man. I've I've been hot all weekend about this. I read an article a couple of weeks ago, and it's uh, you know Danny White was talking about how important to the fans is it you know that we keep the stadium you know at as much capacity as possible. And a Saturday night didn't show him how much that stadium should stay over 100,000 people, then I, I don't know what the man needs because that place needs to be like that, you know, for the rest of its eternity. We love our football. You put a product on the field that – and it ain't even got to be a winning product. A lot of times you just get some kids out there with heart, and those people in orange and white, they'll show up. So I hope he takes into some consideration that that place needs to stay over 100,000 feet. And I appreciate you this morning. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for the phone call. really appreciate uh, your thoughtfulness and uh, calling in. Let's keep it going. Let's bring in Rusty. Rusty. What up? What's up, Rusty? Good morning, man. Good morning. Um, I'm going to try to be cool and uh, civil and not – not act a fool, but um, <laughs> it's atrocious, as you said already. It, mm-hmm. there, there's no sense in it. Um, the league has to get rid of part-time officials 
they got to start hiring guys that do the job full-time, and that's all they do. They live it and breathe it. They know every possible scenario of every possible rule and how to manage things because that's the issue. When you do a part-time, you can't think of every outcome and know everything before it happens in every possibility. That's the issue. That's what happened. They got confused on – they didn't even know what that play was. Everybody, our defenders didn't get fooled by what Ole Miss did. The referees did mm-hmm. because they didn't know the they didn't know every possible thing that could happen on a football field. And mm-hmm. if you're not working up close, it's it's, it's nah, anyway. However, I just want to say that play ended up actually giving us two points that we wouldn't have had in the ball game because we got the ball, we had to pump back to them, and we pinned them deep, and we got the safety because of it. And then they had to do the safety, they had to do the safety kickoff from their twenty. We got seven right immediately after that. So we ended up with nine points instead of seven that we would have had if they, if they would have gave us the scoop and score. But it's still piss poor officiating to not know what happened. That's what that's the thing. So I'm, I'm not even saying that cost us the ball game, but it caused our fans to become more irate. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's point number one by that. The other is on the refereeing situation. Of course, you can't expect an official to keep up with a pass being thrown 24 yards downfield and be on the line of the spot. So do you have more officials that, and one official's responsibility is just to stay at the chains all the time where the first down line, yellow line on TV is? Do you have one official that just always has to stay there wherever that's at? Maybe you add that official. I don't know if that's the right move. Secondly, on that, they do need more cameras I know the NFL's got more money, but there would have been a superimposed high-definition still frame shot of the moment where his knee touched the ground and exactly where the ball is on the line. And you could have – it would have been, you know, it would have been so clear with, a, with NFL cameras. And we got just as much money, I'm thinking, because we're not paying our players. Well, you yeah. know, theoretically. So let's move on past that. Our defense held them to 31 points, and seven of those came off a really, really short field because of a muff punt. Can't say enough about how wonderful our defense was. God bless them. They're playing above their heads, I believe. They are. I do think the only real way Ole Miss hurt us, and it's pretty obvious, was on third and longs, they found a way for Matt Corral to always escape. And a lot of it was they kept showing pass, and then they had the center wasn't pass blocking. He was immediately going and targeting whoever the spy on Corral was and taking him out of play so Corral could run a basically a quarterback draw is what it really was. Almost it was a quarterback. It was a, yeah, it was a quarterback draw. He was a lead blocker. My, I, I haven't played defense since I was like seven years old. I, I moved away from that side of the ball at a very young age, so I don't know defense like most people, or like a lot of people that really played the game and know the game. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak on it, but I thought – after it happened numerous, numerous times, could we have, and I'm not playing about the defense again, they were over their heads, and the coaching staff's doing a brilliant job, mm-hmm. but could we have not stunted or done something to have one of our blockers on the snap on those third and long situations stunt and get their body on the center's body so he couldn't have released downfield and taken the spot away? Yeah, that's a, that's a question that, that I, I, I would love to, to be asked about. You know, I know Rodney Garner wants those guys to get vertical, but how vertical and how far afield do you want to get um, before you you know you run yourself out to play? And 
a quarterback like Matt Corral can just get upfield on you and run those quarterback draws. Uh, do you pinch? Do you slant? Do you run some twists? Do you? I mean, do you have a spy? I mean, what's the what's the What's the, the the game plan against a guy like Matt Corral? And you got to give some credit to to him. I mean, he's a good he's a good player. But two hundred twenty something yards from the quarterback position, you know, he's he's no Lamar Jackson or anything. So um, I think those are questions that that uh, will be asked this week. Um, I don't have them on top of my head to be honest. I would have to uh, consult with someone who's played the position on defensive line or, or defense to to know what we could have done uh, a whole lot better. But a lot of those, a lot of his runs were not design runs. A lot of those runs were from the passing, uh, the passing play where we had good coverage down the football field, and he took off running. And you always worry about a quarterback pretending like he's going to run, and then the defense gets sucked up and he throws it over your head. Uh, you want to make sure he crosses the line of scrimmage. And Matt Corral was really savvy with the with the with the pump fake. Um, and he did a really good job. He, he really did. But at the same time, I'm sure there's things on film that Tim Banks and Brian John Marie and Rodney Garner, uh, Willie Martinez, will look at and say, hey, guys, we got to clean this up. We're not going to play against another quarterback like a, like a Matt Corral, but we can't allow a quarterback to, to run for 100 yards, you know, moving forward. Now, Bryce Young is, is a guy that could run for 100 yards. Uh, you know, Levis there, Kentucky, he, he is mobile. So I mean, you don't you don't want to allow quarterbacks moving forward to feel like they can run and expose Tennessee the way that Matt Corral did. So uh, we'll 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 get those answers more defined, uh, more defined answers for you there, Rusty, about things that that um, realistically you could do. Like we can talk about, oh, you could you can put these guys here and these guys here, but then you you leave yourself open to quick screens and pass to the outside. So it's a numbers game. It's eleven. There's only eleven. So it's not six and six where you can even – there's going to be a weakness somewhere. You're going to be outmatched somewhere. Either you're going to have enough in the box to stop the run or you're not going to have enough on the outside to stop the pass. And that's the situation that Tennessee offense wants to put every defense in. And that's what Ole Miss does. A lot of credit was going to Lane Kiffin for, you know, play calls. People did, Some people didn't even know he – don't even call plays. Man, that's Jeff Levy. So you give credit to Jeff Levy. He did a great job. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a head coach um, real soon from you know the way he's calling plays. All right, let's get to Corintival. Corintival, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? What's up, Corintival, man? Good to hear from you. Sun shining. Birds still chirping. Still a good yep. day to be alive. Still, still a great day. Uh, first, I really want to get. At, uh, Good vibes, thoughts, and prayers to the Hooker. I mean, I, ho- I hope I hope he's doing all right. Uh, he looks like he's in an awful lot of pain. Uh, I didn't get to see where the play that Cade got hurt, but I know that there were a lot of people talking about it on the board, things like that. I hope hope those guys are on the mend. I hope that everything's going to be all right. But you know, at the end of the day, man, this is just a great game that we get to watch and and get to get to be a part of. I really wish that I could have. Made it there for that atmosphere, man. That was I, I was watching it on TV, and it was like I was I was hypnotized, man. I, it made me flashback to, to some some good memories, and uh, it just uh, it, it was just really really cool, man. It was it was good to see that atmosphere, and you know I don't necessarily condone the way everybody. Well, I don't want to say everybody, but those select few that acted out the way they did, and I understand where they're coming from, but I don't agree with it. 
but that's mm-hmm. their that's their prerogative. If they want to act like that, that's fine because then they'll have to suffer the consequence somehow, one way or another. But that's okay. I just want to say that uh, it makes me so proud to still wear the orange and white because these boys, no matter what anybody wants to say, I don't care what the Negavals want to start bickering and, and harping about. Oh, the play calling was terrible. Well, you 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 call what you can call due to the personnel that you have on the field and who you have available to you. And these boys are playing their hearts out. These young men are trying their best to give their all for this team and this fan base because they really want to be successful. These young men are really determined, and I can see that. They were playing as hard as they could play given the circumstance. I mean, you're shorthanded on every squad. All three phases are shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hurt. Everybody, and this is halfway through the year. And you know, I mean, I you, you know at a much different level than I do. And I can even remember just in high school how tough it was halfway through the year. You're like, dang man, I'm hurting in places I didn't even know I had. I can only imagine on the next level because yep. you got bigger, faster, stronger athletes. But yep. Man, I just I'm proud of these guys. They they play with so much heart, and it's it's just it's it, it breaks my heart to see. These these boys play that hard and then just get get their souls ripped out by by people that are just. I, I'll just leave that one on. I'm not even gonna say it on the radio. Part, but man, part like, time I, I appreciate you guys. Part, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. That's all. Yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll leave it at that. But I appreciate yeah. you guys. And uh, hey, Ben, go Steelers. That's right. Go Steelers. Steelers. Steelers got it done last night. Uh, let's get to Middle Tennessee, Rick. And then BF Vol. Rick, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, that was that was an awesome game to watch. I, I hated the outcome. Hated what happened at the end of the game too. There's really no excuse for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I was as frustrated as anybody, but you know, you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. But this 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 team, like you've got a lot of callers have already hit on it, and you guys have hit on it. These guys are playing. They're playing to the last whistle. We're playing with a team that is very lacking in depth, and you're having injuries every game, and we're still in it to win it. It's the last three seconds of the game. Hey, that says a lot for the whole organization, from coaches down to the players that don't even get to play. Mm-hmm. Things are going in the right direction. I hated the way that game ended, and we know Milton should have threw the ball to the end zone, but he didn't do it, and nothing we could do about that. Almost had it. I think on the previous pass that he threw, we just barely missed it. A little bit high, but he couldn't have thrown it, I don't think, any lower. Uh, and a big shout-out to the defense. And when you can hold Ole Miss to one touchdown in the second half, I think that's a great accomplishment. Uh, I know we, we couldn't stop Corral, and it's like the previous caller said, when you uh, or the caller before, the center came out. He, lined, he got on our, our back, whoever was back there, linebacker. And we just couldn't seem to get off of it. Didn't have an answer for it. But other than that, I think it was an awesome game, awesome atmosphere. And uh, I, I still think we're going in the right direction. Uh, people getting hurt from this point forward is really going to be an issue. And, and I hope and pray for Hooker and anybody else that got hurt, Cade, that they're, they're not hurt too bad. But uh, Hooker didn't look good coming off. No, he didn't. He didn't, Tennessee Rick. Man, thanks for the phone call. I mean, the, the fear is that you know we lose hooker for the year. 
that's the fear. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that uh, he's not going to play in this in this football game coming up against Alabama. Uh, but that's the fear is that you know that he's out for the season, and we won't we won't know anything uh, until you know a little bit later on either in the day or the week. So don't know right now. Uh, don't don't know right now uh, about the status of Henry Hooker, but certainly hope that it's not not serious. Let's go back to the phones, and then um, Ben, we'll discuss the ending of this football game and get into it. Um, I know that the national media has taken their shots at Tennessee. And uh, at this at this fan base and the scenes and the actions of, of a few there on Saturday. Also, Greg Sankey is giving some statements. He was on um, The Nation last night with Chris Lowe and Austin Price. Um, yesterday with Chris Lowe and Austin Price. And so we'll get to it. Uh, I didn't want to start the show with that because I didn't want the whole show to be dominated by that and lose sight on other parts of the game that need to be recognized. But... Uh, we'll get into it after after our phone call here with BF Vol. BF Vol, good morning. Good morning, Jason Swain. Good morning, Ben. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys again. It's my second call. Thank you. Uh, but I wanted to say uh, that, uh, first of all, it was a great game. Uh, it's so good to hear Monday where fans are not complaining about the coaches or what the, you know, or complaining about how bad the team is. Uh, so it's awesome to have that experience. But I want to say this about Joe Milton. Uh, Joe Milton is soft. He runs from contact. He does not want to get hit. And uh, you're right, he's 6'5". He should, he's one of the biggest guys on the field. He should be running people over. He doesn't want to get hit. And that's the bottom line to that. So I don't know what you can do about that. I, any player that I've seen in football that don't want to get hit, they don't last long uh, playing the game. And also, I'm also curious about recruiting. Um uh, what was the reaction by the recruits from Saturday's atmosphere? And I'm out. Hey, thank you, BFR. I know the recruits were on the ball walk. Um, I saw several recruits talk about the atmosphere, how great a time that, that they had. Uh, ben, I know you probably have more details in, in that area. Um, but that game right there, even though you came up short, that's a game that you can use to recruit. Because you're showing guys how close you are while playing three, four, five walk-ons on the unit at the same time. You're playing guys that really have no business playing uh, in this type of football game in the SEC. And that's no slight to those guys. It is what it is. It's the truth. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be nice as I can, but it's the truth. People need to understand because I'm not going to let these these coaches get the <laughs> get get crushed when they're basically um, have one hand tied behind their back. So um, these recruits, I'm sure, saw themselves being a help, being close enough that I could be the one that gets Tennessee over the hump. Now, if it's so bad that it don't matter if I come or, or, or you know, the whole list of five stars and still not going to be good, that's a tough sell. But I think Saturday should be a – Pretty pretty good sale for this coaching staff, Ben. Any um, any more um, information that's 
more specific than what I just shared about the the uh, response of the recruits. All positive feedback from the recruits that I have spoken to. Uh, well, Who else did you talk to, by the way? Uh, I have spoken to Caleb Webb, a wide receiver from Georgia who is currently committed to ECU, but I, I think is is going to, to blow up. He's having a great senior season at McEachern High School there. Uh, oh, in, A. In Powder Springs, Georgia. That, oh, he's from right. A. McEachern. Yes. They got some ballers over there. Yes, and, and he has been having a big senior year. I'm, I'm a big fan of – of of his game uh, from from the tape that I've seen, we'll have to get get you to check it out and, and see what you think. Okay, but uh, and and even since he's been committed to ECU in June, he's he's kind of blown up a little bit. He told me that it's uh, between Louisville and South Carolina and Tennessee. Kentucky's kind of flirting with him, so he, he's he's starting to gain some attention from some Power Five schools, and I, I think Tennessee's in a real good spot there. He was at the South Carolina game, wanted to come back for the. Ole Miss game because of the atmosphere, so he's been here back-to-back weekends, and he, he raved about the atmosphere, and that was the consensus uh, from current recruits in the current cycle from 2023 kids, 2024 kids. Uh, they all raved about the atmosphere and how awesome it was, and, and I asked them about the end-of-the-game situation, and uh, the consensus was that it, it was it was more of a reflection on the passion of the fans and their frustrations with some calls that did not go their ways and, and that they understood that it was, it was just a, a couple of people and that it did it didn't leave a, a thought in in their head that they looked at it as Tennessee fans just wanting to win and, and being passionate and one kid told me that he understood why fans were upset because he didn't feel like the refs were calling a fair game so uh, there, there has not been a negative reaction to the to the end of the game. What what took place at the end of the game from the recruits? It's it's been all talk about how awesome of an atmosphere it was, and and just continued conversations about how much they they love this coaching staff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's get to a uh, guy TC in Athens, the real MVP of the weekend. Um, TC, good morning, man. Good to see you. Hey, buddy. Hey, man, great to see you, and uh, good morning, guys. Hey, I, more than anything right now, uh, first thing I, I want to do is just uh, say how proud I am of our coaching staff and the players that um, left it all out on the field, man. Um, you know, we've seen uh, players in the past uh, under other coaching staffs um, who in a game like that or a game, you know, they, they probably would have gotten blown out for one. Not, it wouldn't have come down to the final play. Secondly, we've seen players over there dancing on the sideline, laughing at uh, all that kind of stuff in the past. Oof, we've yep. seen players after those games get on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, basically call out fans for whatever reason and basically, you know, say, you know, just junk to the fans. I saw player after player yesterday tweeting uh, that, uh, you know, how much they appreciated our fans this past Saturday that we had their back, you know? So it, it's just, he is really changing the culture, the mindset. And I want to give a huge shout out to uh, coach Heupel, his staff and these players. For sure. Um, secondly, uh, I'm just, uh, 
I want to thank all the uh, people, you know, the listeners to your show, Swain, and um, all those on Vault Twitter that uh, we had the opportunity to interact this weekend. Uh, uh, Spencer and I, you know, and his daughter, beautiful daughter Peyton, and my daughter Cassidy, we spent the day together Saturday and introduced him to just tons and tons of, of people that we've interacted with for years on Twitter and uh, uh, and the callers in, of your show and, and just the love and respect that was so well-deserved that he received on Saturday. I'm telling you, man, it was incredible, Swain. It was absolutely awesome, person after person. that I'd say, hey, do you want to meet the, the creator of Checker Needlin? And their eyes would just light up. Absolutely, I do. And then they'll just stand there really in reverence and, and say thank you. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. That's and I awesome. uh, just want to thank this fan base. I, I could get into how bad I think we got screwed by some calls and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, I'm just trying to take away how special this weekend really was uh, for a lot of people. Uh, Michael Stribling, uh, who's a listener of your show, brought his kid for to his first game, and and, uh, and a lot of people did. And it was just a really special weekend. I want to thank you for everything that you do, man, uh, for this fan base and for these listeners. And I uh, love you guys. I'm out. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um... Yeah, Tim McLeod and Spencer Barnett, man, they they deserve they deserved it. I went to the game, so I didn't get a chance to hear the broadcast, but I did go back and watch the game, and I saw where where Cole Kublik uh, did the uh, the piece on Chicken Nealon and Spencer Barnett, and um, man, just huge thank you to Cole Kublik because um, him and I talked on Friday. And um, <laughs> we were in the car, and my, my kids were looking at me because, I mean, we was on a phone phone. And uh, we were on our, on our way uh, to to do a little shopping for our oldest. And they were looking at me like, come on, Daddy, who you on the phone with? This must be important. And I was talking to Cole, and um, I shared with him how special Checker Nealon was to, to fans and um Told him a story about Spencer Barnett and um, just planted that seed there. And, man, Cole took it and, and ran with it, did a great job. They pulled up the different photos of checking Nealon from previous years, did a good job of setting up the, the story. And um, they had the camera right there on Spencer and TC over there. And <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was great. So I'm just glad that Spencer was able to – get that recognition, and uh, I talked a little bit to Spencer yesterday, and he just said everybody was so proud. Like, his mom saw the game, and she was in she was in tears because she was just so, so proud of Spencer. Um, getting that recognition, doing something so special that brings so much, you know, happiness to so many people, and, um, you know, you got to give credit to the fans, too, because they they participated. They, they bought into it. They had... Uh, maybe something they wanted to wear Saturday, but they changed it just to make sure that Checker Nealon was going to be successful and, and beautiful, and it was. But I'm with you, TC. There's so much, like there's so much bad wrapped into this game, right? But there's also so much good wrapped into this game. There's so much good, and I just want to make sure that we spend the right amount of time highlighting each part because each part 
will get a conversation today and deserves a conversation. So we're halfway through the show. We'll get back to the phones, and then we'll go to a break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk about the scene at the end of the game. Let's get to uh, David. David, good morning. Hey, good morning, Swain. How are you today? I'm, I'm great, man. How are you, David? Great. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just uh, wanted to say I was at the game. Uh, drove all the way back yesterday, so I had a lot of time to uh, think about it. I'm in uh, Germantown, Tennessee, but uh, got a son that goes there, but my call is is really for uh, Danny White, to be quite honest with you. And okay. I want to start with kudos to him for 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 the checker kneeling and um, endearing himself to the fans. But this is going to go to him because at the end of the day, you know this as well as the rest of the listeners. There's the haves and the have-nots of the SEC. Okay, it's apparent every week this conference has got tremendous amounts of money. Ranked teams get treated better than non-ranked teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Instagram feed, the SEC network, before the game, it's all about Lane Kiffin. It's not about Tennessee. It's all about Lane Kiffin returning to Knoxville. It's all about Lane Kiffin this. After the game, it's all about what happened to Lane and this, that, and the other. And I just um, I asked Danny for the fans, you want to endear yourself to this fan base? You challenge the SEC about what happened Saturday night. Okay. Because that's that's the issue at hand. Look, I know there's bad refing all across the league, but that game was taken from us. I think you know that. Most of the fans know that. Uh, the national media is never going to say that because there's a narrative that that's just never going to happen. Okay, but it, so it's going to take local media, uh, a man like yourself, to go on the fine bomb show, say something. But that that's what needs to be said. No, it's not going to change what happened Saturday night. But going forward. Uh, for us to bounce back off the, the, the mat, which this team is trying to do, this coaching staff is trying to do, it's uh, as a uh, 48-year-old man to, to have grown up watching Tennessee my entire life, went to the university, have, you know, as I said, son there now. It, it's just Saturday night was glorious. It was a lot of fun to be at, an incredible environment. and But it, it, was, it was taken from us, and that's just the way I feel as a fan. Um, you know, like I said, I've got a son that was there in the student section and, you know, obviously that, that was mostly students that acted the way they did. And, and, and let's not say that that's never happened before another SEC, um, venue, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, how many times did, did Tennessee travel on the road and get oranges thrown at, pelted at, at players when they walked onto the field and stuff like that, frozen ones down at LSU, but to me, that's the, the, the conversation that needs to be had with Danny White. Hey, endear yourself to the fans even more so because what I want to say to him is is he's trying. And and as an alumni, I appreciate it. But uh, something needs to be said. Now, whether it's said behind closed doors, if he's doing that, that's fine. But it needs to be – the fan base needs to know that he's sticking up, you, you know, for the fan base. They want the fan base to fill up the stadium. They want the fan base to spend thousands of dollars coming to games and stuff like that. Well, at the end of the day, have our backs also. Have the team's backs. That's that's the way I feel about this whole situation. All right. All right. All right. I appreciate the phone call, David. Yeah. Um, you know, Danny White, I'm sure we'll be having several conversations with the SEC and Greg Sankey, I'm sure Chancellor Plowman will be having conversations as well. They put out statements. Uh, we'll talk about that. 
uh, in detail when we come back from break. Live here from Baby Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. Never pay over MSR for new vehicles. Also, lifetime warranty on most new and pre-owned vehicles at Baby Chevrolet. BaityChevrolet.com. Stay with us. Be right back. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. After a spot was deemed 
deemed short for the first down on the last drive of the game for, for Tennessee. Fans threw things on the field. I'm just going to be transparent here with you guys. No different than I normally am. So I was, I was, I was there at the, at the game. Um, four minutes ago in the game, my heart told me to get up and leave. The reason why I got up and left, because I was disgusted. I was disgusted at what I was watching. What I was watching was not football. What I was watching was garbage. I was watching players play after play. Fake hurt. Go down. Pretend like they had cramps. I've had cramps. I know what the, what the calf muscle looks like when you cramped. They were not hurt. I watched it play after play after play. I got tired of seeing it. I didn't want to watch it anymore. I didn't want to watch it on either side. Before the game, I saw a video from Lane Kiffin telling the player to get out on the sideline. Ole Miss did a lot of it. We did it too. Coach Heupel did with Javante Spragans. I'm not one that's going to sit here and and, and point the finger at the other side without acknowledging that we did some of it too. Mainly it was Ole Miss. And I was sick of watching it but from both sides. Sick of watching it. Disgusted. So I just, I just, I just walked out. And um, I pulled the game up on my phone. Finally had some service <laughs> once I left the stadium. So I pulled the game up on my phone to listen. And uh, I was still hearing um, – the call and the speakers. And I was walking to my car, and um, so I pulled up. And I don't live too far away from away from campus, so I get home, and there's a delay. I'm like, what? What happened? What happened? I turn on television, and I see all the stuff on on the field, all the trash and things being thrown down, and um, you know, my my immediate reaction was. Um, disappointment. It really was. Um, there's really not an excuse. Now let's have a serious conversation. There's not an excuse here for that. And there's a reason. There's a reason why I got to this point. There's a reason why I got to this point. Now, in the game of football, Ben, football is the, the sport probably that draws the most comparisons and the most parallels to the military. You grew up in you grew up military family. I grew up military family. Um, there's more parallels game of football to the military, but we understand that is nowhere close. Right, it's nowhere close. Military is serious; it's life and death. We're talking about a game, game of football. But there's been parallels about teamwork, sacrifice, fighting for the greater good, playing for the greater good. But we understand that one is a game, and, and one is life or death. We understand that. <laughs> 
I say that to bring up another parallel, which is one is life and death, and the other one is just a game. We have seen our fair share of citizens in our country and outside of our country reach boiling points. And they've acted out. And we would call these, we would call them riots. We would call these riots inside our country, outside of our country. And riots are caused because people are unheard. Riots are the actions of, of the unheard. And what you saw on Saturday was a fan base that for 60 minutes saw some of the worst officiating they've ever seen, up close and personal. They saw easy touchdown be taken off a board with no true explanation. They saw countless number of poor spots. They saw countless players falling down, acting like they were hurt. And there's a big responsibility for the rules committee in the offseason to fix the fake injuries. And unfortunately, it's going to ruin it for guys who are really hurt. They really get their bell rung. They really get the breath knocked out of them. And all they need is a play to go back in because they're really hurt. But what's going to happen, what probably needs to happen is there needs to be a certain amount of time you got to sit out if you're hurt now. And you hate that because there are rules that are created in life that are put in place because of someone or multiple people abusing a privilege, abusing a loophole. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. And it's a bad product. It's like the NBA in basketball dealing with shooters pump faking and jumping into defenders. Became a bad product. Ben hates it to the core. He hates it. I understand why. But it's a bad, bad product. You got to get it out of the game. Well, this is another example of something that needs to be written out of the game. So this is what we can do. But this is what we can do, though. We can recognize that what happened Saturday isn't right with things being thrown on the football field. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. It was wrong. Period. There's not a comma. There's not a but. There's not a attempt at deflecting and posting a video of basketball uh, years ago with Ole Miss. Because it, to me, has nothing to do with Saturday. What happened was wrong. There's no excuse. It was wrong. So if you're Danny White, and I'm glad that David called in and said what he said. David said, 
here's Danny White's chance to challenge the SEC, whether it's behind closed doors or whatever. Just here's a chance to, to fight for Tennessee, fight for the fans. But just like when we have these these riots, and again, I understand the magnitude. It's just a parallel. One's life and death and one's not. But when you have something just dramatic like this take place, it starts a conversation, at least it should, about change, about things that should be looked at. Because there's something obviously wrong, and that's officiating. You can't hide behind it. You can't put out a statement about the actions of Tennessee fans and totally ignore, not say anything about why they were pushed to that point and the officiating. You have to address it if you are the SEC. And that's why they got to that point. Guys, let's, let's be consistent. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's not be hypocrites. We wouldn't we wouldn't tell our kids that was that was cool. We wouldn't excuse that if our kids asked us about that. We would tell them that's not good. So if we're gonna do that, let's be consistent. Let's be accountable. It was wrong. It was wrong. It was. Ain't no excuse for it. It was wrong. It was wrong. But let's have a conversation now, SEC. We was wrong. We'll own it. Are you ready to own the issue that we've been ignoring for years and years and years? We'll be the poster child. We're wrong. And we had our own cheerleaders ducking for cover. You don't want to see that. I'm downplaying the severity of what happened. I'm not going to act like, you know, it was a massacre either. But it was wrong. But now, SEC, let's take this moment. Let's make some changes. Let's make some real changes. Don't, don't just hide behind Tennessee fans doing what they did. And the national media will make it all about Tennessee fans. They'll take the photos of the trash or whatever. But one is going to continue this Saturday, next Saturday, the Saturday after that, until the season is over. I don't think Tennessee fans will be doing this in the next home game. <laughs> What's the next home game, Ben? Who we play next next home game? Uh, Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're gonna see that um, <laughs> against Georgia. Who's who's after Georgia, Ben? South Alabama. South Alabama. I, I don't think I don't think people are gonna be doing that in South Alabama. What about South Alabama? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I don't think we're gonna see it. I don't think we're gonna see that. This is a once in a. Once in a while deal. But will we see bad officiating this Saturday? you damn right we will. We're going to see it this Saturday, next Saturday, the Saturday after that, until we get to the offseason, and they decide to really, really fix this problem. Two things can be true at the same time. Officiating bad, very bad, needs to be addressed. And, not or, but and, 
no, we we can't do that. <laughs> like, we can't do that. That's not a good look. But I understand. I understand the frustration. I get it. That was a that was actions of the unheard. For sixty minutes we sat there and watched poor officiating. For sixty minutes we saw the integrity of the fo- of football, the integrity of the game be compromised with fake injuries. I couldn't even watch it, I had to leave. It was pissing me off that much. Fake injuries. Fake it. It's and not or. And don't let this national, don't let the national media get you riled up. You know, you know how they roll. They won't highlight both. They'll highlight one. They'll highlight one. And the statements from Chancellor Plowman, which is she put out a one ten on Sunday morning saying that she was astonished and sickened by the behavior of some of all fans at the end of tonight's game. Good sportsmanship must be a part of who we are as volunteers. Behavior that puts student-athletes, visitors, and other fans at risk is not something we will tolerate. What's the problem with that, with that, with that statement? Why are we having a problem with Chancellor Plowman giving a statement when something like that happens? We shouldn't have a problem with that. That's what a leader does. It, it, it was unacceptable. We can't make excuses for that. We can't deflect. We just own it. We own it and say, yeah, we messed up. But this is the reason why we, we did. And now let's go fix it. Let's go fix it. Uh, Danny White's statement. Our Tennessee fan base had much to be proud of through 59 minutes of football Saturday night. They created one of the best live sporting events, atmospheres I've ever experienced. But what transpired in the game's final minutes was unacceptable. Player and fan safety is paramount at all times. While I'm incredible, proud of our team's effort on the football field, I'm disappointed that their relentless performance was overshadowed in the game's closing moments by the actions of several fans whose actions did not represent the volunteer spirit or the true character of our university. On behalf of the University of Tennessee, I'd like to apologize to the Ole Miss football program, congratulate their student-athletes on a hard-fought win, and uh, Danny said he spoke with Keith Carter after the game expressed that same sentiment to him. So, listen, that's what they're supposed to say publicly, right? They're leaders. Um, I, I think this is what you're supposed to do. I don't know why anyone would have a problem with um, leadership making a statement um, condoning what happened. But here's a chance if you are Danny White. Here's a chance if you are Chancellor Plowman, like our phone call, David, uh, suggested is yo SEC what are we doing about these officiating because there's a lot of hours put in by these student athletes there's a lot of hours put in by these coaches everyone's full time everyone's full time except the referees there, there is no off oh, this old workout I can do go do my other deal. No, for these student athletes, it's this this is it for them. Coaches, this is it for them. They don't they don't do well. They get fired. They try to feed their families. Administrators, this is it for them. This is their only job. Referees, 
man, these referees got, they got other businesses. They got other, they don't work out, oh, well, go back to, go back to whatever, doing my, doing my deal. And not, not enough skin in the game for the referees. Everybody else has all the skin in the game except referees. Everybody, except for the refs. These kids put in too much time, too much effort, put their bodies on the line to to have calls blown the way they've been blown over the last couple of years. This ain't just about Saturday. This is about years of ignoring the problem. We've ignored the problem. We've ignored poor officiating for years because it hasn't hit us enough. It hasn't hurt enough. You you ignore it. I was just a little crack in the windshield. It's all right. You ignore the little small crack. Drive behind a truck, little rock come up. Boop. It's a little small crack. You ignore it until you can't see. <laughs> until you can't see. Until it becomes a huge problem. Well, here we are, SEC. Here we are, NCAA. Did it take for a group of fans to throw stuff on the field to get your attention? If so, then, hey, here we are. We're accountable. Not making excuses. Can't have it in college football. We get it. We understand. Cool. We'll take a slap on the wrist, whatever. But are you ready to make some changes, too? I'm more disgusted in the fake injuries and the officiating, honestly, than um, than seeing it at the end of the game. But I'm also not making excuses either and trying to deflect and trying to pull up things that other people do another time. That's not taking accountability. That's not taking accountability. We want we want other people to do things that we're not willing to do. Let's be the change that we want to see in other people. Let's be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> we did it. It was wrong. Yep. Yeah, it was. That's my that's my stance. That's that's my stance. That's that's my experience on Saturday. Um this is one thing I will say. Our fans care. I was more afraid of the, of the apathy leading up to this season, Ben, than I am about the, the punishment that the SEC may or may not give, even though there's no rule in the rule book about what happened on Saturday. There is a rule about storming the field. There's a fine. So if they fine Tennessee, it would be just making it up, I guess. But, like, I'm I'm more bothered by the fake injuries. I'm more bothered about the officiating because that's not going to stop. That's going to continue this week. This Saturday, you will see poor officiating. You will see fake injuries. It's not stopping. I'm with you. It's not stopping. I'm with you. The, the injuries and the fake injuries and the the poor calls – routinely are, are far more frustrating than an isolated incident on Saturday night. 
should the incident have happened? No. If if you were throwing stuff onto the field, then then quite frankly, I feel like you deserve to be punished for it because that that's a a, a poor showing of of sportsmanship. And I get the frustration, but you can't be throwing things onto the field. And as harmless uh, as a beer can or a water bottle may seem, those things hurt when they're full and you get pelted with it. I, I, I watched a police officer get get hit by a, a full tall boy of, of beer in the knee. And, I mean, he was a, an, an older gentleman, and it brought him to his knees, and, and he was limping for the remainder of the game. Like, those things hurt. It's it's dangerous. Somebody can get hit in the head and could get a concussion from it. I mean, that that's serious. So, yeah, it, it, hey, it's, it's uncalled you, for. We back to blue. We back, Do we back to blue then? Like, we back to blue every other situation, right? We we appreciate our law enforcement. We back to blue then, but do, are we, are, do we not – do we not feel some type of remorse and, and say, dang, man, we just hit a damn police officer. Right. And, and, <laughs> you know, like, come on. And you're hitting so. cheerleaders. You're hitting band members. So I, I strongly condemn what, what took place. I mean, it, it, that, that's uncalled for. But it was also a select few that ruined it for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the majority of it came from a drunk student section. Not all of it, but the majority of it, and it became a game because when I saw the police officer get hit in the knee with a full bottle, full can of beer, the entire student section started cheering because somebody had gotten hit, and it it became a thing to where, okay, let's see if we can hit somebody. It became a game to to try and get the the student section cheering because they hit somebody. Uh, So the the other incidents that are brought up, Swain – are a result of, of not excusing Tennessee's behavior, but in an effort to show the national media members that you all are, are making us seem like the worst people on, on the face of the planet, yet here's several other instances of it happening elsewhere, yet there, there's no column after column after column written about it. And I, I completely understand and agree with and, and, and right there with the 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 feelings towards the national media members because they they took it way too far. Saturday night was embarrassing. That should never take place in in Neyland Stadium. But for the national media members to act as if Tennessee fans are the worst people on the planet when it was a select few with the majority of of the incidents coming from the 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 student section is ridiculous and way over the top. Mm-hmm. And like you know, mm-hmm. Ole Miss players, I, I I feel for them that that they were having stuff thrown on thrown at them. It, it's disrespectful. I, I'm I'm never a fan of that. But Ole Miss also wanted to to go down to to the north end zone and dance in the face of Tennessee fans, flip the bird back at Tennessee fans, ignite the flame. Ole Miss wasn't acting all that mature either, in my opinion, and. and I loved seeing VFL Corey Miller try to try to stop it. I, I know he wasn't a fan of what was taking place on, on either side. He was the main guy in the end zone trying to get Ole Miss players to stop. And, and I guarantee you that, that deep down Corey Miller was, was doing it for a specific reason, and that's because he's mm-hmm. got blood, sweat, and tears on that football field. That's right, 
So, again, I, I it was a bad look for Tennessee what took place, but the, the overreaction by the national media was absolutely ridiculous. If, you go, if you're national media and if you're going to highlight the conduct by a select few at the end of the football game, I just need you to highlight the reasons why they got to that point. Like, be 50-50 on it. Because the officiating is a bigger issue, guys. It's something that happens every single uh, game. It's been happening for years. It's a bigger issue. It really is. And, you know, safety is a huge issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying it. Um, but at least be even is all I'm saying with the national media. I'm okay with taking the lumps and, and, get, and being criticized because what's right is right is wrong is wrong. I'm not making excuses. And the reason why I'm not deflecting so much about talking about other schools and, hey, look at this, 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 oh, Ole Miss did it. Ole Miss did it. Here's the reason why I'm not deflecting and using and, and, and taking that stance. And once I explain, you'll understand. So when you're a student athlete here at the University of Tennessee, you understand that you can't do the same things that a normal student can do. Meaning, if you get arrested, it's going to be on the front page. If a normal student gets arrested, no one's going to care. You understand that. Why? Because you are an athlete at the University of Tennessee. It's a gift and a curse. The, the lights shine bright on you all the time. And that's, that's great for your brand. That's great for um, you know, recognition and visibility. That's great for you know, scouts and people seeing you. You play on TV every single day. That's the gift. The curse is everyone sees you every single day. So every little thing you say can be blown up. Every little thing that you do can be blown up. And if you get arrested, like, it's on front page. That's the, that's the curse. But that's being at Tennessee. When you're at a top program, that's what comes with it. And you take it, right, because you're at Tennessee. So the reason why I don't, I'm not deflecting and, and saying, well, look at this school. Look at Ole Miss doing it. Because Ole Miss ain't Tennessee. This school ain't, ain't Tennessee. We are one of the top brands in America. So when we do something good, it's going to be bigger than when another school who, who has a smaller brand, like Ole Miss, does something good. When we do something bad, it's going to be blown up bigger because we have a bigger brand than Ole Miss. And so that's how I look at it. And listen, I just understand also that we're easy targets yep. because – we respond. We engage. And this is good for business for those guys. So I just don't even engage. Don't even engage. They're not going to read your stuff anyways. If they do, they're going to use it as an opportunity to quote tweet you and try to get off some more retweets in life, retweets and likes. Just don't engage. But this is, like, this is, this is, this is easy for them. And Anytime there's something that's worth talking about with a big school, they're going to talk about it. Something goes on at LSU, something goes on in Tennessee, they're going to talk about it because it's good for their brand. So 
what happened shouldn't have happened. We accept that you know, responsibility. But we also are saying, yo, let this be what sparks change. Because it needs to be. It needs to be. Because for Tennessee sure. fans had every right to be upset. Every right. Heck yeah, man. Every right. Dude, when I watch the game, I watch it with like zero emotion. I'm sitting there and I felt bad. Like I, I felt like an inadequate fan. But like that's how I watch the game. I watch as I watch it and I process it like I'm watching film and I can't watch film and process stuff when I'm emotional. So I watch the football game like I would watch film. So I'm sitting there, no emotion. One time I showed emotion, Ben, and that is what when the when the referees were huddling like a pitcher and a whole infield of a baseball game. What y'all huddling for? Look at this. This don't, is an easy call. Don't bring huh? baseball. Don't bring baseball into this. <laughs> I was like, what y'all huddling for? This is an easy call. It's a safety. It's a safety if he gets tackled in the end zone. It's a safety if he try if he th- throws a ball and it's intentional grounding in the end zone. This is a safety. So yeah, I was I was very emotional then. Um, I was frustrated other times where I just put my hands in my head and just put my head down because I knew that we just didn't have the horses. We didn't have the horses. And then from you know other times I would put my head down on like just technical technical things I would see here and there. Um, but like for the most part, I was just I just watching the game, man. Just just watching, take it in. Uh, but the officiating was was bad, and that needs to be the conversation too. Two. You want to talk about the the, the 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 trash on the field? Cool, whatever. Talk about it. We wrong, whatever. But I also talk about why fans got to that point because it's going to happen again. It may not be in Neyland Stadium. But it's going to happen again if you roll out officiating like that week in and week out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. 865-255-03. Got some players beat up in this football game. Um, so don't know the status of their of, of their injury on a Monday. Josh Hyper will talk to the media today. He probably won't share much either on a Monday. The fears that Hendon Hooker will be out a uh, significant amount of time. Hopefully that's not the case because he's been he's been great for Tennessee. Live here at Bay Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. <laughs> 